0: Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds. Here on Sketch Nerds, we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we're going to be discussing a sketch from the state. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we are going to be discussing at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Today on Sketch Nerds, we have for a guest, Josh Chaim. Josh, how are you doing? I'm all right, a little tired, but
1: yeah, it's a long weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we're in we're in the throes of your festival, Philly Sketchfest. How's it going? So far, so
1: good. No uh, well, one major issue, but we've resolved that. Like, oh no, what a, happened? Uh ticket fly, our ticketing agent went down and you haven't been able to pre buy tickets all week. That is terrible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we had to go to plan B and but it's working out, so we'll be all right. Well, that's good. That's <laughs> good. And and so can you talk about your background in comedy? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I got into doing sketch comedy. I took classes at Philly Improv Theater uh, through those classes, specifically one with Kevin Allison of the state. Uh, a group that was born uh, called Judo Range, which I was a part of for about a year before we broke up. Um, took a little break from comedy, got back in, did a little dabbling here or there. And then I had this idea uh, for the podcast that I do, My First Sketch, where... I knew that I had a sketch from that I wrote when I was a teenager, like maybe like 13, and I just wanted to see my sketch. I wanted to see it on stage, like, and I wanted to see if other people had sure. a sketch when they were 13. Not a lot of people do, but that's fine. So I pitched this idea for my first sketch which just as a stage performance of someone's earliest piece of writing. And then uh, talking to my producers and the other guys with Philly Sketch Fest, it evolved into Talking about comedy and talking about the first sketch and people getting into their comedy
0: themselves. That's great. And so now how long have you been doing the podcast for? Uh,
1: the actual full podcast um, is about two years now. Um, there's been some breaks. There's been some hiatuses. We'll call them season breaks. Sure. Um, but yeah, actually this an- this weekend should be the second anniversary of like the real tried and true format of the show
0: right now. Well, that's exciting. Yeah.
1: It just occurred to me a couple of minutes ago.
0: Wow. Well, so. I mean, that's, that's what we're here for, it's <laughs> Just bringing uh, on these types of Bring back ways. the memories. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I forgot to do one of the important introduction pieces, is that I'm Andy Weld, and I'm joined by <laughs> co-host Elizabeth E.K. Kemp. E.K., how are you doing today?
2: I'm great. I'm uh, I'm recording this on the floor.
0: That's right. There are only two chairs in the Airbnb that we're at, and I was here before you got here, and then our guest gets the other chair.
2: Right. That seems fair.
0: It, it, exactly.
2: Yeah, just we, polite. Exactly. We might rotate at
0: some point. I don't know. I, we'll see.
2: This is pretty comfortable, actually. I you've you got know. that
0: you've got this nice double cushion setup going down there. Yeah. I, I feel like it works for you. You yeah. figured out a
2: cheat. I well, you know, I mean, I like to be comfortable. I've moved the microphone very close. <laughs> I could record all of our future podcasts like this. It's actually very relaxing. It's very conversational. All
0: right, Josh, we're here for Philly Sketch Fest, your yes, you festival are. that we mentioned before. That. Uh that you run with a couple of other people so it seems Yeah, or, yeah there's a bunch of us all right nice now can you tell us about Philly Sketchfest where it came from how long it's been around uh, so this is my first year as a full blown
1: producer okay. of Philly Sketchfest i was kind of like associate or baby producer last year um, this is the 10th anniversary of Philly Sketchfest oh, wow. it was created 10 years ago uh, Ben Mar Dave Taruso and Matt Lally uh the Dave and Matt were a sketch comedy group together. The first year was 4 acts over 2 nights at a ben- at one venue. And over the 10 years, we've grown to I believe it's 38 this year. Oh, wow. Over 4 and then there's a there's now a, a sketch comedy film festival that we do at the local movie theater uh that we did on Wednesday night and yeah three different venues and just tons of people all over the country we got people coming as far away from edmonton alberta canada like that's awesome whoever thinks that there's comedy in edmonton alberta canada
0: you know there is a there's a strong
1: comedy tradition in canada but yeah, you there think it be too
0: cold up in edmonton it's
1: and and edmonton's far north like yeah every time like every time i talked to them i was like you guys are really far away
0: like it must be cold yeah it, so. mu- it must be like at least two flights to get here You would think, right? Uh, Or is there a direct Edmonton to Philly? No, 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 (laughs) no,
1: no. Yes, most of the the flights that they did were two. I believe the one group had to do a three. They they had to jump like Edmonton, Toronto, Toronto to Minnesota, Minnesota to us. Wolf,
0: that sounds miserable. Uh, Yeah,
1: it sounds like a long day to me.
0: Now, you said that there are 38 groups this year. Roughly, yeah, give or take. Give or take. And so, is that how... Competitive is the process, and how involved are you? And what's the involvement like with picking the groups that I, end up being involved?
1: I wouldn't call it competitive because uh, just I don't think you're you know the the groups that are in it are competing with each other. You know, uh, this was our biggest submission group of, of all time, so like a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, we can just we don't have the time to bring. Uh, to Philadelphia this year, um, so you know, try again next year if you're listening to this. But yeah, we had to basically cut in half wow. all the submissions, and that's that's a real bummer of a process. I'm sure it's very difficult that there's those last four or
0: five cuts are a little painful. Now, did it come down to like a like a technical process? Was it just kind of a feel? How did you decide what you? decided especially down at the end because I'm sure there are some that you can kind of initially go okay this group isn't quite there yet maybe they'll be there next year but they're not quite there yet but when it comes down to the end is there like a, something specific you're looking for is it experience is it just what they've done on the stage before what enters into that it,
1: for me personally it was very much about variety more than as much as as much as quality of their work like you know I, I'm imagining that you can only have so many musical duos in a weekend before they get, you know, there, there are a lot of acts that were very similar to each other. So we wanted to try to piece together more variety in that case. So a couple of things that were, were genuinely funny or I genuinely enjoyed were too close to something else that we liked maybe just a little bit more or I don't know, it's, it's a really tough process. It's hard. to like, oh, sure.
2: Do you find that geography plays into your decision making at all? Like, are you trying to? Obviously, it's Philly Sketch Fest, so yeah. I would think part of that would be to create some way to showcase talent in Philly as well as bringing in some other folks. But I'm, I'm just curious how you tr- think about that mix if that's a factor for you at all.
1: It is a factor. We do want to showcase Philly uh, because I think comedy in Philly is in a pretty solid form right now. There's a lot of great people, great talented writers uh, happening in Philadelphia. But we definitely are not going to shy away from the talent that are coming from other cities like Washington or... That's right, like Washington. um, Toronto. We have a group coming from North Carolina, a group coming from Indianapolis. I wish we had some Boston. I wish we had some other cities that Chicago would have been great to have uh, some experience from, but... Just as much as we're trying to showcase the talent of Philadelphia, we want to showcase other talent to Philadelphia. And hopefully, you know, when groups like Bad Medicine comes and you gain a fan or two, you gain a YouTube like, you gain a subscriber, that's just as good for us as anything else.
2: Well, so so since you mentioned bad medicine, do you think a better way to describe the role of bad medicine in something like Philly Sketchfest is that we are the, the greatest. Or just the best? Like what? In your mind, you don't have to <laughs> see
0: If this ends up on the cutting room floor, what a great question!
2: We're in the top five. <laughs> Let's say that.
1: You're in the top five of the the block that you're doing tonight at 7 o'clock. Nice. And there are only three groups in that block.
2: <laughs> well, hey, I'll take that. It's yeah. still
1: numbers. I, I'm going to so. go that diplomatic it, it, route. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for doing that.
2: Of all of the DC comedy groups that are here, <laughs> we are also performing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was another one. They were there, here as yeah, well. For, yeah. was yeah. here last, last night. night.
2: One
0: other question kind of about when you're going through the process of figuring out what's going to be in... <laughs> You talk about looking for variety. Yeah. And so obviously, like you said, that example of musical duos is a good one. But let's say there are other groups kind of like, you know, just for my DC examples, like Bad Madison, or like Big Penguin, that basically put on a variety show. Sure. Do you also look to see, do people submit like with a theme show for you sometimes? Like we're doing a show on this topic. It's a variety show of like, you know, six sketches or whatever, but it's all on this topic. Do you find that that... Either happens and affects your decision, or just doesn't happen at all.
1: I don't remember it happening. I I mean, I know teams do it. I know it's a it's a process of writing a show, and I totally welcome a themed show. Like it doesn't, it wouldn't hinder my judgment or anyone else's judgment. I think, you know, as long as it's good quality work and it's funny and yeah, like yeah, no, Uh, doing a best of or the variety shows is no different than themed. So if you're looking to submit, don't worry about that question. I don't think we're okay with that.
0: Yeah, no, I was. I was just wondering. It's, it, you know, it's, it's something that we talk about when we're talking about submissions. Is should we go on a theme? Should we try and put together a theme show? Sure. Is it stronger to go with a variety show? And you know, we go back and forth on it all the time. And it's just interesting to hear perspectives. Yeah, on I don't that.
1: think I've ever really thought about it like that. And I don't think
0: it matters.
2: Well, the the flip side of that then is, I mean, obviously comedy is subjective. But is there anything? Either as, as someone who is putting together a show or in your conversations with other festival directors, producers, is there stuff that you're just not interested in seeing at this point?
1: My per- like, th- And this is entirely personal. This is not speaking for Philly Sketchfest. Uh, this is just Josh's opinion. Uh, do not submit very timely stuff. Like if I'm watching a, an act and they're doing a Trump joke or some kind of Trump sketch, And it's seven months old. I don't care anymore.
0: Yeah, and I I, that you know that that seems to be particularly true in the moment that we're living in right now. But I think generally that's it's kind of that topical humor is difficult to do in kind of that traveling setting and difficult to do in the submission form. And and it's something that like I think that we've we've noticed in DC is somewhat surprisingly a distinctly apolitical. Comedy scene. Um, it's you certain, have you know, to be tired of it in DC. Like it has like the entire city is like basically most run of our on. lives yeah, has like, to do with politics most of the time. Move on for a little bit, like get an escape almost. Right, and I think that's a big part of it is the escape aspect of it. And so you've been putting this, you've been putting this festival together. What has been your favorite and least favorite part of putting this thing together? My favorite part's
1: like actually hanging out with the people, like uh, you know the group from Edmonton, uh, Marvin Berry, We hung out for the last three days, like they've been long days and I'm tired, but we had so much fun. We explored the city, uh, hanging out with Carson and Cameron from Toronto, hanging out with I'm assuming you guys tonight and like whoever else is going to be around. Like we're going to have fun. It's going to be fun show. Let's all watch some good comedy and laugh and hang out and and enjoy ourselves. Like let's take joy and like, you know, comedy is about joy and happiness.
0: Let's spread some joy and happiness tonight. Introducing our first sketch and only sketch today,
1: it's Josh. All right. Uh, Hormones was performed on the series premiere of The State on MTV in 1993 and was one of the sketches from their college performing days. 11 people became The State out of what was called the New Group at NYU, where they were all studying. The MTV show ran for four seasons and 24 episodes before attempting to jump to CBS with a Halloween special and the possibility of going head to head with SNL. Members of the state have grown to be recognizable and prolific names in the worlds of acting, screenwriting, directing, and podcasting. All right, and
0: here's a clip.
2: Um, so this
0: is our living room. <laughs> wow, this is a great living room. Yeah. Um, would you like to sit on our couch? <laughs> um, are you sure your parents aren't going to mind? Oh, no, no. We, we sit on it all the time. And they're, they're really oh, no. Cool. <laughs> no, no. I mean that I'm here. Oh <laughs> no! I mean, they're uh, away for the weekends. So. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, wait a second. <laughs> anyway, I mean, don't don't get your hormones all worked out. <laughs> My hormones. My hormones. What about your hormones? <laughs> okay, Josh. Why did you bring hormones to us today? Well, I've been listening to your show. Thank you.
1: And. The state hasn't been represented yet. It's true. So
0: I'll break That's that right. bubble. You wanted to bring something from the state.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. Now it was it was really fun to watch this sketch and then to go watch some of the other state sketches to just remember the murderer's row of talent that yeah. they had there. You know, it's Ken Marino, Thomas Lennon, Joe Latruglio, Michael Showalter, Michael Ian Black. Yeah. It's it's really
1: um, I don't. It might not be depressing. It might be inspiring. But like. These eleven people were so talented and they've had such great careers after that is just like an oh my god moment. Like, wow, like these guys and they're still all friends. Like that's another thing that doesn't happen. Like comedy teams break up, casts move
0: on, states still decent to each other for the most part. Well, and you can see that with stuff like what Hot American Summer, where a lot of Mm -hmm. them were involved in that and then the Two Netflix follow-ups, the first yeah, day of camp, and then 10 years later. There's so much overlap and so much like
1: they work together all the time. Like Lennon and Ben uh Thomas Lennon and Ben Grant and Carrie Kenny created Reno 911 and they went for seven years. Tom Lennon and Ben Grant have written so many screenplays of movies that you probably don't think that they would would write. Like The Tooth Fairy, I think. Like oh, or oh no, the movie? one no, the one with um I'm thinking of the one with uh, Vin Diesel, where Vin Diesel is the kid's oh, nanny. Oh, yeah, that's them. Like, Interesting. That's
0: crazy. Yeah.
2: Would have also been great if they had written the horror movie Tooth Fairy.
0: Uh, ben does horror movies now.
2: Oh well, yeah. there you go. Um, that's what the pres- f-
0: that's what prestige comedy people are doing now. I forget. You know, was it Jordan Peele and John Krasinski?
1: There were like there were two movies a couple years ago that were both about like a, an old doll, and I I think his was Jezebel, Annabelle. Yeah, something like that. I'm not a horror guy, so. Hmm. No, neither
0: am I, but uh, I, I, yeah.
2: Fine line between comedy and horror. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, there is and I don't (laughs) cross it.
2: (laughs) When comedy goes wrong. (laughs) Well,
0: let's get into hormones. Yeah. And so kind of as an overarching question, what's the game of this sketch? Uh, The game of the sketch is to,
1: I, I say, would be to visually display the interior of a sexual act. Like you, you think like, you know, sex evokes so much stuff in the human body to see the actual like physicality of male hormones and the female hormones and the interplay between the two, I think is, is, Game enough.
0: Yeah, I well, no, I would agree with you. Um, That was not supposed to be a question of like me accusing you of that there isn't a game. Just I just wonder, you know, just hearing you articulate what the game is because you know sometimes you get a sketch where somebody reads it or sees it and you come off with just a totally different impression of what the sketch was about. And 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 I would agree with you. And
1: And I think this one's so straightforward. There's no twist. There's no turn. It's just this joke. Three minutes. Just
0: do it and go. Like. Yeah, it's it's silly. There's not, you know, a lot of the sketches we've talked about here get into a lot of isms, is yeah. racism and sexism, is sexism. And this isn't really that. I mean, you could make you could make some argument that there's a little element of sexism, but it's just silly sexism kind of thing. It's and not, I wouldn't even say it's like sexism. <laughs> I, I, I realize gonna, I realize that that's poorly phrased. I'm gonna
2: leave that alone. I
0: realize that that was poorly podcast, phrased.
1: But
2: we'll have a discussion later. Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, like the it's the whole thing. At, you know, the end of the sketch is. Oh, the girl wasn't satisfied. She'll do it herself. Like that's perfectly like right. um, You know, there's there's a bit of empowerment to that. I feel like
2: I I, mean, I think that's yeah. That sounds just about right to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow, the
0: bitterness in the voice. Oh man,
2: Uh,
0: what did you think of the music in this sketch? Do you think it kind of would correctly punctuated it? Because it's kind of. The music's a little silly as well. Like there's I was wondering would it have worked better if you had something like, you know, like a Marvin Gaye kind of sound or is that kind of Oh, you know, no. I, I would definitely think that the the current music
1: and it might not even be the real music because when they released the DVD, so there might have been a different music oh, choice. Yeah. Um they they scrubbed all like copyrighted music and they had to rewrite stuff, so that might Interesting. But, but he did do a lot of sound alike. Mm-hmm. So like it's probably close to what was originally there, but anyway, huh. but I wouldn't think a Marvin Gaye would be the right tone for what yeah. they were doing. I think it would change.
2: That suggests a skill level in yeah. the act that that clearly was not there yeah, and that was you know, part of the two joke.
1: teenagers getting it on while the the girls' parents are away. I, I, that doesn't qualify for Marvin Gaye.
0: That that's a fair point. I guess I guess what I was thinking was: would Circus the juxtaposition? <laughs> yeah, right. Would the juxtaposition of that kind of song with the awkward dancing have been a different level? Uh, would would that have been a different? I guess it would have been a different. It, it would have been different because yeah.
1: if you were going to do the Marvin Gaye music, you'd have to do different dancing. Yeah. Like it would have to be more, I guess, sensual and not not necessarily the comedic, almost mm-hmm. clownish. That they're doing,
0: and let's let's then talk about the clownish movement. let's let's go to Ek with this one. Ek, what did you think about the way the hormones were represented, both in costume and in performance?
2: It, you know, it, it's interesting. So the the physicality for me is actually where it some of it seemed more sexist than anything else, or or maybe just that comedy trap of like the the female character just having less. To do or a less interesting part to play, and you even see that in the physicality of the dancing of like the pink, the the pink dancers. Like all of the physical punchlines and the and and the jokes in the dancing are coming from the male dancers, and the women in pink are just kind of like eh. they're
0: men in pink.
2: Oh, they're okay, yeah, but yeah. The, the pink dancers, whatever yeah, yeah. they, are. um, you know, they're just kind of like gyrating and like, okay, this is, and and I mean, that doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a departure from from what the game is and what the joke is. It was just, it was sort of disappointing to see that there wasn't a little more thought given to having as much of that. Psyche or that subconscious play out in some of that choreography with the pink dancers as there was with the blue. Because there's that, it, the intention there is to obviously have like a, the gender roles on display. Yeah.
1: But I, I think, and I'm totally skipping ahead to one of the questions later, but I think that's one of the. the... How can
2: you see the. Qu- no.
1: Um... <laughs> but like, uh, one of the. Fa- like, what I would change about the sketch is the choreography yeah. of the dancers because I think it doesn't hit the point that I think they're trying to make as well as it probably could. Like I like, you know, the whole joke that, you know, guys can, you know, finish sex really quick, but you know, women need to ramp up and warm up and, you know, it takes a little bit longer. That could have been, uh, to me personally, like could have been highlighted a little bit better. Like,
0: yeah, I feel like you could have done something where like you see the female hormones stretching or something like that, while the male hormones are just like really just diving yeah. at it or something like that. I don't know. yeah, um, I think that could have been another way to just kind of escalate and give it a little more nuance yeah. than what was going on. But it's also important to remember that these guys are like twenty two at like it's it's a pretty incredible accomplishment for what it was and like the context of what was happening,
2: sure. I guess. Okay. I, I guess, right. get,
1: yeah, getting on MTV at, right after college is pretty awesome. Well, yeah, I'm a bunch of bitches. <laughs> <Okay>. No. Uh, <laughs> um,
2: I went to grad school and got two graduate degrees. That's something, too. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I <laughs> just saying. And now on the EK's
0: Life <laughs> podcast. Um, I've
2: achieved things, not comedy things, but I've achieved
0: things. One of the things that I liked in this sketch was kind of there are a couple of like jokes that are not quite off game, but they're just kind of to the side a little bit. It's, I wrote some of them down. Would your parents mind? No, we sit on the couch all the time. Yeah. Um, that's great. It's a very Monty Python esque joke. Yeah. There, you see, there's one point where, um, when Joe Lutruglio was saying, like, wait, slow down kind of thing. And you see it cuts to one of the hormones swinging a baseball bat and that kind of that classic trope of like, oh, to not finish, think about baseball. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I never thought, thought I never thought of that joke that way. Yeah. It's, I think I, that's what I envisioned it as. Okay. I don't know. Did you see it that way or did you, I don't this know? This is
2: like scoring, right? Like first, second, third base kind of thing. It's the
0: guy it? swinging the bat. I guess I thought of it as it, cause it, it lined up with when he was saying, like, yeah, it's slow one of those down. think unsexy thoughts moments. Exactly. Like, so you think oh, about baseball?
2: Oh, oh, I didn't. Yeah, I'd have to watch it again. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's when kind of they're introduced, like, watch your hormones, or like, oh, you look so, you look so handsome, or whatever. And then you see Ken Marino behind yeah. Joe Truglio um, flexing, and then it's what about your hormones? And it's, um, I th- think it's uh, Michael Showalter like showing his butt kind yeah, of thing, yeah. which is an example of kind of like, well, maybe you could have done something a little more nuanced mm-hmm. than that being such about it. But I loved those little jokes. I thought those were great. And I'm always looking for those you know, when I'm writing, when I'm watching stuff, of like how you kind of flesh out the sketch past just the game. Right, absolutely. And I, and I, I thought that was a lot of fun, and that was really, really well done. L- what about the button for this sketch, which is her... Deciding that she's gonna finish herself off, is that a strong button? Do you think it could have been something different? What do you think?
1: I personally think it's one of the best endings of a sketch like possible. like there's so many just weak ends to things, so many like making the joke like all right, that didn't work out, so I'm just gonna do it myself like it's it's as good as that sketch could end without some weird just you know what they do with other sketches just linked to the next thing, necessarily like. That's
2: a hard end to that sketch. And I think it's the best thing they could have done.
0: Absolutely. EK, what do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I would say for for the sketch being what it is, that was a good, clean ending. Is it, you know, I'm I couldn't say it's the most creative or innovative way to end the sketch, but I mean, basically when I watch something like this, it's kind of that to me is like it's like a quarter pounder of, of sketch comedy, right? Like it's you you kind of see where it's going, you know what you're getting. You're maybe like I've had better burgers than that, but like, hey, I'm not hungry anymore. That was a decent quarter pounder, and then you just like go on living your life. so I mean, like it's 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 a it's a tight package structurally, everything that's there is there. The game is clear, the jokes are clear. You know, it's just like a it's a quarter pounder of comedy
0: I like that uh, I like that analogy. Let's go wide with the state for a second and talk about the state as a group mm-hmm. um. There were, as you said, 11 full-time cast members who are yeah. writing, directing, acting, everything. Yeah. Yeah, by,
1: the, by the time they got to MTV, there was 11. Uh, there were two that were basically directors, and they would act in things certain times. David Wayne would edit. Uh, right. Michael Patrick Jan, who's now a, a pretty big commercial director, and he's done a bunch of movies and TV shows, was the main director. The writer's room was all alone. Uh, actor you know they all acted and everything some more than others but yeah like it was basically the 11 of them doing
0: everything and and my question about that was essentially for us for a half hour sketch show is that too many people to is that like a too many cooks situation do you think do you think any do you think it all suffered because a lot of times when we have popular sketch shows now snl being an exception um but you know it's Inside Amy Schumer, it's Chappelle's show, where it's centered around one or two people, with you know something like Key Peel Peele or um, Mitchell and Webb. Do you think having eleven people being involved with all of those aspects is a muddying force? I don't, because
1: even though I think, because I mean, you talk about Chappelle's show and Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer didn't write that show herself. Right, she had a room. Chappelle had her room. Chappelle had him and Neil Brennan. Mooney was involved. Like, It's just that their room is visibly the cast as well. Mm-hmm. Like, So I don't think, I'm not worried about that so much as Too Many Cooks. Like, I think there's just as many cooks as any other show.
0: Yeah, and, and I'd agree. I, I, I kind of like that, and I think it leads to a variety of voices in the writer's mm-hmm. room um, rather than having, when you're writing for one or two people, I feel like you probably end up having somewhat of a streamlined idea, which there are many positives to in terms of being able to sell a cohesive concept kind of thing. But I like the idea of this is kind of like all over the place. Yeah, and when you
1: fully nerd out about them and watch the DVD release and listen to all the commentaries, you learn who wrote what and you see the points of views and you can clearly see how the, you know, the different people within the groups have written stuff and True. their aspect or their approach I should say to the
0: joke. EK, what do you think about that?
2: Too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean the for a sketch show where you have production deadlines and you have to fill a certain number of episodes, you just have to have that many writers because you have to be generate not only you have to, you have to generate a baseline of content but then you have to have enough that you can cut the stuff that just doesn't work. And then you have to have another layer on top of that that can be cut down again. So that when you do have those driving forces, whether it's Amy Schumer or Dave Chappelle or Key and Peel, like they're it's ultimately their brand and their voice. And I guess not having watched the commentary for that DVD, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious if they managed to describe their, like what they thought of as their kind of mission statement or brand or or what what was their sort of first filter or first cut?
1: Oh, I don't I don't remember. I just I I know that it was at one point it was very democratic. Like there had to be a majority, there had to be like enough people saying yes. Um, there might have been a little cutthroat like and deals made about like sketch to sketch, but like, um yeah, I don't know what their like what they would have called their brand at that point. Or even or even if they were even thinking about that. Like yeah they're just talking about like
0: like let's just write good stuff, and yeah, whatever just, is the good stuff. we're gonna let's just use. put on a show, yeah, and so all right, wrapping up, is there anything you you know we talked about a little bit earlier, but is there anything else that you would change or do differently with this sketch?
1: no, there, I think just just some of the choreography could have been a little highlighted different aspects, like yeah. just a little bit changed, a little little tweaks here and there. Some of it just felt like, oh, just just shimmy around a little bit like there I feel like there could have actually been a more elaborate action to continue what they were trying to get
0: across. Yeah, absolutely. EK?
2: Yeah, similar thought. You know, it seemed to get I couldn't quite tell at first if the joke was that based on the music if the dancing was supposed to be a reflection of like the almost like electrons like bouncing around yeah. faster and like like an actual chemical reaction or if it was supposed to be the representation of kind of the their subconscious or what was going on in their mind. Um, and it seemed to kind of bounce in between those two things sometimes. So just really like clarifying that would have, would have helped and just go to an extreme with, down one of those pathways. This podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy troupe Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Visit badmedicinecomedy.com for info about live shows, workshops, and t-shirts for people who love comedy. All right, Josh, it's the end of the show. It's time to come up
0: with a rating system for the sketch that we talked about today. So, you know, on some kind of fictional scale, what would you, how, what kind of fictional scale would you create to rank this sketch or rate this sketch?
1: Um, so let's do it by uh, how soon her parents are
0: coming home. Okay, that's fun. Like, yeah. Is her parents coming home soon? Is that a more positive thing or is it a more negative thing?
1: I'm gonna say it's a negative thing. Like, okay. as, like, because you know, a teenager by herself. Yeah, you want more time that way. So well, I think that I think that's fair. Um, and why don't you go first? And now that I said it out loud, I don't know the exact.
0: Well, we'll uh, come back to like, you like, then. Oh, okay, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll
1: say it this way. So it's it's Friday night, and the parents aren't coming home until Saturday. Saturday night for me. Like, okay, it's not a perfect sketch, you know, coming home like Sunday night before school starts, before work starts, but there's still enough time to gain some havoc, I think.
0: I like that. I like that. EK, I,
2: I think, I think this sketch leaves at least 24 hours before the parents get home. You know, you've got enough time that you can just like sit there and say, like, Wow, that was that could have been better. And then maybe like heat up some pizza and just watch a bad movie on television or something maybe, or maybe tin cups on or Shawshank Redemption. And then you can just, you know, spend a day, you clean up and then you just kind of maybe just piss away some time and it's just a relaxing weekend, but you know, you don't do anything special. It's just, you know, it is what it is.
0: Good. Uh, For me, I I was going to give it the whole weekend. You know, it's, it's a self-contained weekend. It's a self-contained sketch they're coming home on Sunday night. You know, they're not going away for a week, so you got all this time to, you know, dick around and do whatever for. Um, but I, you know, I thought it was fun. I thought it was self-contained. I like, I like that it was a little different. You know, it's not, you know, so often sketches that we talk about or T-Performed or a bunch of people talking and standing or sitting or something like that. And this is different. There's a lot of movement involved. There's music involved. And I really like that. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A special thanks to our guest, Josh Hyam, for being on today's show. Josh, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, You can find my podcast, My First Sketch, at myfirstsketch.com.
1: It's listed on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, My Twitter and Facebook are My First Sketch. You can follow Philly Sketch Fest on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter's PHL Sketch Fest. Instagram's Philly Sketch Fest. We like Philly Sketch Fest. Uh, yeah, and we'll be back later this year with dirtiest sketch in, in Philadelphia. Uh, where? What's that? Uh, every year we have a competition to see who can write and perform the dirtiest sketch. I love that. That year, yeah, that sounds awesome.
2: Wait, when you say dirtiest sketch, do you mean like that's dirty, or do you mean like like the I could show up. Like covered in horse poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming, I'm assuming the, fir, the former, but I just want I just if want other write, people to be sure.
1: If you can write a sketch that makes sense with you covered in horse poop and then you clean up after yourself, go for it. I'm where like I'm not cleaning it up,
0: <laughs>
2: but
1: I'd be curious to see what you come up with.
2: Okay, challenge accepted. <laughs>
0: I like that.
2: Little cholera epidemic coming your way, Billy. <laughs>
0: Watch out, Billy. <laughs> oh, did you say Philly? Billy.
2: Philly. I thought you said I, Billy. I heard Billy too. So. I can't threaten one person with a cholera <laughs> epidemic. <laughs> That's not how epidemics work, that's how murder works.
0: Listeners, please like, share, and subscribe. If you have a sketch you're interested in us breaking down, please send it to us, we'd love to do that. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds, where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Josh Hyam and Elizabeth E.K. Kemp, I'm Andy Weld. Thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced
1: by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds Podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group, Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com.